It is December 25th, 2022, and today on the Seeds of Light podcast, creating boundaries and setting goals. Hello and welcome to the Seeds of Light podcast, supporting you on your path to personal healing and spiritual growth. I am your host, Jay, and this week we're navigating the holiday season and getting ready for 2023 with goals and boundaries. I find it really interesting. Um, There's so much emotion and turmoil uh, and even trauma uh, packed into this time of year for so many people. And while many of us many of us grew up with positive, happy memories around this time of year, uh, for a lot of us that that has shifted. Uh, so I actually want to uh, flip this around and talk about creating boundaries, both as they pertain to the holidays and also just in our lives in general, uh, whether that's with family, romantic partners at work, uh, you name it. And then I want to dive into creating some goals, uh, a vision, if you will, for the year ahead. Um, honestly, you can you can create goals any time of year. This is sort of right become the the, the ritual uh, a time of New Year's resolutions and you know gyms and and other health related and diet related businesses really try to latch onto this, uh, get their hooks in us at this time of year. It's sort of like. New Year's Day is like this Black Friday for the the health and fitness industry, but um, you can use goal setting any time of year. Um, setting goals, revisiting those goals is a crucial component uh, in creating momentum in your life. Anytime you're not feeling your best, um, I know that for me personally, when I feel off-center, ungrounded, um, creating a goal and and heading towards that goal gives me purpose and it gives me direction. Um, and a lot of people have done a lot of research around this, and I think it makes sense. Um, we're a directionally oriented species. Um, our eyes face front for a reason. Uh, it's part of how we survived. Part of our biological function is to be able to see uh, our target, so to speak. Uh, when you go back to a time when we had to be able to fight and or hunt uh, in order to survive, um, we're, we're a forward-thinking, forward-viewing species. Um, and so when we're not at our best for trying to get back to center, move out of either an anxious state or a depressive state, um, focusing on our goals uh, is really important. And we'll get to that in the, the second half of the episode today. But... To begin, I really want to talk about boundaries, um, creating personal boundaries. And of course, you know, a boundary is an outer limit of something. Uh, we think of boundaries, we think of countries, we think of property lines, right? Those are all boundaries. But when it comes to our our personal boundaries, there are theoretically limits to our limits to who we are and what we are but also limits to what we're going to allow in. And and you hear people talk about, uh, I need you to stay out of my personal space when people get too close. But we also have a mental and emotional space um, that, we, that we really do need to protect in order to 
feel safe, to feel whole, um, to be at our best. So today we're going to talk about the importance of creating boundaries in order to maintain and protect our well-being. Um, creating boundaries, it's an important step. Uh, it protects us from unhealthy relationships and situations. A lot of our inner turmoil can come from having a lack of boundaries. Um, boundaries help us to define our limits, physical, as I mentioned, emotional, mental, and I would even say spiritual. And, and it sets the limits of how others can treat us. Boundaries give us a sense of control and agency over our own lives and allow us to express ourselves in a healthy way. So it's important to consider that boundaries are both kind of incoming and outgoing, right? It's it's how we let others know, hey, this is who I am and this is what I will allow and won't allow. Um, and it also helps us to kind of feel the box around us, right? Feel what's our space so we know when we're safe. Some of the biggest triggers for me in terms of things that provoke anxiety in my personal experience, I, I call it the unknown <laughs> with a capital U. Uh, when I find myself in the unknown, um, that can create a strong sense of fear for me because I don't know where I am. I don't know what's coming. Um, and there are people who talk about this quite a bit. Um, Dr. Jordan Peterson talks quite brilliantly about this notion and the idea that as human beings, we have uh, developed something of a, of a map. He talks about the map. When we, when we were a young species and we were living in a, in a tribal context, um, where we probably stayed within the same, say, you know, 100 square, mi square mile area for our whole life. We had a literal geographic map in our minds of our territory. And whenever we were going about our business, um, we would look at the world around us and then we'd look at the map in our mind and we look at the world and we look at the map and we look at the world and we look at the map. And as long as the world and the map looked the same, we were good. And this was because this was a safety function, right? Knowing our territory kept us safe. If something changed, if something looked different, we knew, ooh, that's potentially dangerous, you know. Um, and as we've evolved as a species, our map is much more complicated now. It's much more complex. It's not so much a geographic map as it is a, a, a cognitive map. And we've mapped out all of our relationships, all of our interactions, our work, our health, um, the people that we know, where we go on a given day. And when big things change, that creates a sense of unknown. It creates a sense of, of um, potential danger. And this is why when people have traumatic events that happen or, or major things in their life that they've come to kind of rely on for their well-being, um, maybe even without realizing it, um, when when a major relationship or event or circumstance changes, it can trigger this this sense of unknown, uh, which can create a lot of anxiety and can potentially create, you know, uh, depression, uh, fear in general, and then all of the all of the experiences and emotions that come with that, right? The fear, the anger, the sadness, the loneliness, the helplessness. So. We want to be able to um, create 
a, a boundary, an outer limit of our personal experience so we can establish who we are and be clear in who we are and, and feel safe uh, within our own experience physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Uh, boundaries also help us to say no when we're faced with unhealthy or uncomfortable situations. And when we establish and enforce our boundaries, we create a healthier environment in our relationships. Part of getting clear on the rules of a relationship, the expectations in a relationship is around setting boundaries and having the opportunity to enforce them and reinforce them because that creates safety. We learn through experience, right? That's why, you know, you have a toddler or, or, or a young child, um, you know, they may need to have an adverse experience multiple times before it sinks in, before you're like, okay, you know, every time I try to pet the cat or pick up the cat, the cat scratches me. Um, might not learn it the first time. Maybe by the third or fourth time, it starts to sink in, right? And so when we're establishing boundaries in our relationships, it helps create healthy, safe situations for us. Uh, when we clearly communicate those boundaries, our relationships, they can become more honest, they become more respectful, uh, and we're more likely to be heard uh, when our boundaries are clear. And part of the challenge that I think a lot of us deal with is that we haven't always been encouraged to set healthy boundaries, particularly in our relationships as children. Those of us who challenge, who are challenged uh, when it comes to creating boundaries and maintaining them tend to have a few things in common. And, and one of them is that either we were never taught how to set boundaries as children or we weren't allowed to set boundaries as children. Um, and that's a really complex thing, uh, particularly if you grow up in a family where there is trauma, where there is turmoil, and you find yourself in a situation, as, as many of us do, where, where you're kind of intentionally or unintentionally made to feel that how you show up uh, is, is um, how you show up is going to affect your relationship with the adults in your life. How I act towards this adult is going to determine whether or not I experience love, kindness, protection, the healthy, safe, warm emotions that I need as a child. And for, for some people, there is unconditional love. There is a strong sense, not only through words, but through actions, that I am going to give you that love, that warmth, no matter what, no matter how you show up. For others, the experience is you will get those emotions, you will get those that loving touch, those words of affirmation based on your behavior. And it's understandable growing up in a world that was so formed and shaped by some of the early, um, you know, thinkers who, who really did teach that, uh, that, that model of operant conditioning, you know, like 
you reward good behavior, you punish bad behavior. Um, that made sense for a long time, and it and it helped us in a world where we really were trying to teach mass conformity and mass control as a species, so that we could create essentially what is the the economic and social conditions that we have today. Um, it was pretty important during the Industrial Revolution right up through, gosh, the 60s and 70s of the 20th century for people to do what they're supposed to do without complaining. You know, World War II, um, I know this is kind of a, uh, you know, intended to be a, a spiritual podcast, but I, I'm suddenly feeling like the urge to bring in some history and some sociology and some of the other areas that I know so much about, like, you know, you have grandfathers and great-grandfathers who go off to World War II to fight. Like, you had to go do the thing. And your thoughts and feelings about it weren't super important. I would say settling the West, you know, it was very similar. It's like, we don't have time to sit and talk about our feelings, do the thing, and get it done. Um, and what we're seeing now is sort of the, the after-effects of that where we really have evolved as a species. We really have grown as a species, and we are shifting into that, that heart space where how we feel about something really matters. And people want, and I would say need, to have their experience validated and their feelings validated because we have created an experience where and I say this with respect, knowing that not everybody's needs are being met, not everybody's basic human needs are covered. But so many of us are are living in a situation where we do have our basic needs met, that we have more time to contemplate our feelings, contemplate our emotions, and contemplate the vibrational experience we're having, and, and we want to be heard and we want to be seen in those ways. And so how we um, create boundaries becomes important. And I think more and more of us are recognizing that we weren't always taught how to have good boundaries. And we weren't always taught that it was healthy to have boundaries. And that has led to some confusion around what healthy boundaries look like and when it's okay to protect our own energy, when it's okay to say no, and when it's important to respect other people's boundaries. Because that's another aspect of this. When we when we don't understand the importance or value of boundaries, and we we grow up with a model that says, "Hey, show up for me regardless of what you want," we we can often expect that from others. And when we don't get that, when we encounter people who do have healthy boundaries, it can be confusing for us, and can lead to feelings of not being good enough. Um, you know, an, an, an infantile or very juvenile look at things, which says, I want you to do this and you're not willing to show up, so I'm going to tantrum or I'm going to react in a, in a negative way that is going to create dissonance in our connection. Um, so by setting our limits, by enforcing them, uh, through healthy boundaries, we, we take control of our lives, we become more confident, we build healthier relationships with others. And I really think that is something that all of us want to 
explore, especially if you're here listening to this today. It's a recognition within yourself saying, hey, I need to have healthier boundaries because I want to act from a place of integrity and I want to recognize that I can meet my own needs and I don't need to show up for others necessarily in a way that's good for them but not good for myself and I and I want to find that balance. So when it comes to setting boundaries, there you know there are several steps that that you can take in order to create start to create healthy boundaries. And I think part of where we start first is defining what you need. Um, start by making a list of your personal needs and wants. You know, what boundaries do you need to set in order to be able to meet those needs? So that that's two things. Start by making a list. What do you want? What do you need? And you can start, again, with your basic human needs for physical safety, shelter, um, you know, you can set a list of needs around what you need and want in terms of your relationships, um, what you need and want in terms of a workspace or a, a professional environment, and, and get clear on these, you know. Uh, look at the different areas of your life. Look at your work. Look at your family. Look at your physical health. Look at your uh, ability to experience adventure. Look at your ability to be part of your greater community um, and make out a list of your needs and your wants. And so when you get to that level, you start to say, what boundaries do you need to set in order to be able to meet those needs? If one of your needs is to be heard and respected by the people around you, um, which isn't always given, uh, considering the way that more and more of us feel kind of ridden roughshod and like ridden over by by people around us in such a contentious world where you know people feel that their people lose track of the fact that they can have an opinion it doesn't mean that that you have to agree with their opinion um you know how do you set a boundary that says i will accept this kind of treatment from others, but when people cross this line, um, that's where I'm going to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to maintain this relationship if you continue to try to force me to uh, give up my own values and opinions on something. You know, that that's an example. So really, it's defining what you need and then starting to craft the boundaries that you're going to need in order to uh, meet your needs. Another important step in this process is communicating. Once you've identified your needs, you need to communicate them to the people that are involved uh, and making sure that you're clear and direct and respectful. Um, and there are, there are skills that are um, developed to help you with this. There, there are worksheets, um, including um, you know the, the, the Dear Man Protocol, um, from dialectical behavior therapy, and, and I'll put a link in the show notes for, for Dear Man, um, which is a whole product, protocol for how you communicate to someone what your needs are and, and where your boundaries are at. Uh, the importance, the, you know, the next thing that's really important is being consistent. Once you establish these boundaries, if you want to maintain them, you have to be consistent. Make sure that you're enforcing the boundaries that you've set 
and you don't make exceptions. And this is really hard because (laughs) the people in your life are going to test your boundaries, especially if you haven't set boundaries previously. Um, This can take a lot of work. It can take a lot of practice, and it's going to stretch you emotionally because uh, you know, I'll speak for myself. I am a, I have been a huge people pleaser in my life. I have lived many times for the sole purpose of pleasing other people. Um, and that was one of the traits that I learned and developed as a young, young person, um, in order to feel love and feel safety, I need to please other people. And so if you're trying to create a new boundary, particularly with romantic partners or parents or your children, this is really scary stuff because, ooh, what happens if I set the boundary and by enforcing the boundary, they walk away from me and they leave me and I'm alone? And that's a lot to contemplate. And it and it isn't necessarily... Uh, fun to think about and we can do a whole other show on recognizing that the people who are meant for us um, come and go and some people are here for a season some people are here for a lifetime we've all heard that before Um, and 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 recognizing that if you are setting a boundary as part of your personal evolution and growth and people walk away from you because of the boundary you set that's part of the plan. That's all part of the experience. And then it's learning to accept that and make peace with it because guess what? You deserve to have boundaries respected and you deserve to have your needs met. So there's a flip side to that, of course, which is uh, respecting others and respecting their boundaries. Uh, it's important to recognize that everyone has their own boundaries. Um, and you may be asked to pay uh, attention to those for others and and respect them if you're asking people to respect yours that's that's part of growth finally taking care of yourself and that's probably as important as setting the boundaries is just recognizing that uh, you need to take time and you have the right to take time to do the things that make you feel good especially when you're first creating boundaries and you're fearful that people may walk away it's important to set aside time for self-care. If you have struggled with boundaries in your life, you've probably put other people first for most of your life. And it's going to feel uncomfortable when you start to shift out of that and you start to recognize that, hey, I have a right to feel good too. I have a right to have my needs met. And uh, you know this is particularly true for parents, people who are caring for their parents. Um, you know, you have a right to feel good. You have a right to self-care. And when you recognize that your outer experience is a reflection of your inner vibration, right, your frequency, how vibrationally um, free you are, you're going to recognize that self-care is actually one of the greatest things you can do for the people that you love because the more you are vibrationally in alignment with your higher self, your true self, the more others around you are not only going to ultimately respect that and love you even more, uh, but the more others are going to have a positive experience in, in their lives. 
So with all of that in mind, um, you know, it's important to recognize one of the things I'd like to talk about for a minute is the, the shamanic perspective on boundaries. Uh, because we have, as individual beings, we have our own energy field. We have a luminous energy field um, that's actually swirling and whirling all around us. And, and, and for anyone who studies Reiki or anyone who starts to follow Western shamanic tradition, do recognize that, that we have energy. We have an axis that goes from our crown down through our root, right through our physical body. And we have key or, or life force energy that, that engulfs us. And it's like a, it's like a ball. It's like a, it's like a torus. It's like um, a donut of energy, and and at our chakras that um, many of you are probably familiar with the chakras. They align um, through the center of our body, and we have energy that comes down through our crown, goes out through our root, and comes back up and around. And it's the same kind of energy field that exists around the planet. It goes north pole to south pole. It's luminous energy. It's magnetic energy. It's the energy. It's the life force energy that gives life to every living thing on this planet. And we have that as individuals. And that energy needs to be protected. So when we talk about setting boundaries physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we have to set boundaries energetically as well. And that's why it is important to take time to practice self-care and replenish that energy. And, and that can be done through activities like yoga, meditation, uh, spending time in nature, for some of us, it's going to the gym. Uh, for some of us, it's reading a book. Um, for some of us, it's taking 10 minutes to practice EFT, emotional freedom technique, and doing some tapping and positive affirmations. Those are all things that, that I've tried at different times. But setting these boundaries is, um, you know, taking the time to, to do these activities is part of maintaining good health and having boundaries. And so carving out time to do those things um, is going to help you protect your your own energy field. Um, and part of setting boundaries with others, with others is being mindful of how we interact with people. We don't want to let others drain our energy because there are people in our lives who do drain our energy, and there are people who will, who will drain it. And they may not do it intentionally. For many of them, it's unintentional. Uh, but because of the polarity that exists... Um, if we're a source of energy, if we're a source of positive energy, people who, who don't have their own luminous energy field uh, flowing right are going to pick up on that. And we see that all the time, right? You know, we, we've heard terms like we talk about narcissists. We talk about, um, we've, you know, some really untasteful terms like energy vampires, but, but you know people in your life who are going to come to you and they're going to look for you to pick them up, to lift them up. They're going to look for you to fill their cup. Their energy flow is not where they want it to be, so they, they need a taste of yours, right? And many of us, especially if we don't have good boundaries, want to share that energy because we grew up being taught that if you share your light with others, they're going to love you. Um, but how much light do you keep for yourself? So um, we need to be mindful, we need to set limits, we need to take time for ourselves, practice self-care, and replenish that luminous energy field so it stays strong. 
Um, and there are actually several shamanic practices, including the practice of Reiki, um, that can teach you how to tap into your own energy, how to grow it, how to maintain it, how to utilize it uh, in your physical body, um, and how to project it out to others so that you can share it in a healthy way, but uh, making sure that you, you keep your cup full, um, because when you're feeling off, you're feeling low energy, you're sad or depressed, tired, feeling alone, these are examples of, of emotions you're going to feel when your own personal energy field is not in alignment, not flowing correctly, and, um, and when your key is not available. And, uh, you know, one of the aspects of this show will be teaching more about how to make sure that your chakras are flowing correctly, that your luminous energy field is in a harmonious state of alignment. And those will be um, things we share more as we go forward. So ultimately, your boundaries are the extent to which you are willing and able to protect yourself. And as we go into this new year, which is a, an opportunity to set new boundaries with people, um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how that goes and if I can support you um, in the process of setting boundaries or dealing with people who are trying to uh, kind of do an end run around your boundaries, um, you should feel free to reach out. Uh, you can email us at seedsoflightshamanic at gmail.com. And you can also visit our Facebook page, Seeds of Light Shamanic Arts, um, which is a place you can send us a message and we'd be happy to share some ideas. And you can check out um, our YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, at seeds underscore of underscore light. Uh, the link for that is also in the show notes where we, we share a lot of uh, guided meditations and uh, positive affirmations to help you get grounded in moments when you need that support. And that brings us to the second topic in today's Seeds of Light podcast, setting goals. And, and this time of year, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, is often used to set goals, um, you know, and having goals gives us direction. Um, I think goals are an antidote to the chaos of our lives. There's so much that we can't control. And there's so much that we are powerless over. And there are major things happening. There are forces in the world that are, are much larger than our individual energy fields uh, and our individual abilities to influence at our family level, our community level, in our states, in our, our countries, globally. There are so many forces that are just beyond comprehension. Everything from economic and political forces to the evolution of our species um, to nature and weather patterns. Uh, there, there's a lot there. And when we focus too much on those things, we see things like anxiety and depression because we're not staying in the present moment. Um, we're looking into the past. We're looking into the future. We're looking at the what ifs and the how comes, and it, it can absolutely shut us down. So having goals gives us direction, uh, and it helps us stay on track. It helps us um, 
kind of it's like putting a regulator like a governor on our future thoughts in a way if you think about it when we look at the 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 next signpost without trying to visualize the entire journey if you will it 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 allows us to take life on uh in digestible bites uh again analogies are propping in my head left and right like trying to climb a mountain you do it one step at a time you you don't look at the top of the staircase you look at the next steps in front of you um and when we hit smaller targets along the way it's motivating us to do our best because we're seeing ourselves being successful um having goals allows us to measure our progress um and provides us with a sense of accomplishment when we do achieve them and it helps us re- realize that we can do a lot of things whether it's at work or in our relationships in our family situation financially with our with our bodies and maintaining our health uh so setting goals also helps us prioritize our time develop our skills which are really important because we don't have an infinite amount of time do we uh what about people who who don't set goals and i don't know about you i don't always set goals um when we don't have goals we can struggle to feel successful in life at times without goals people are unable to measure and assess their progress a lack of goals leads to a lack of motivation because we're not aiming for something there's nothing to strive for and so we're going to end up feeling less motivated we're going to feel discouraged we can feel overwhelmed it feels like we're just taking face hits <laughs> you know from the environment around us and and if we don't know what we stand for then we don't really know um whether what's coming to us is what we want and so we end up just becoming these vessels for other people's needs other people's energy and now we're kind of back into that boundary space again where we haven't defined what we are we haven't defined what we want and we have no definition of success so we can't tell if we're succeeding and human beings without knowing am i being successful or not don't have any place to latch their their emotions to what gives us purpose what is the meaning of life then we're back into that question right which is a question we haven't had the opportunity to contemplate here yet but we've probably contemplated it at other times and other places in our lives and there's no universal answer to that question what is the meaning of life life has the meaning that you give it and if you don't give it meaning you're not going to be able to say i get it i'm being successful i'm winning at this thing without having you know a direction without goals we can feel a lack of purpose we begin to feel hopeless and 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 those are never good places to to be. So when it comes to creating goals, the the best goals are smart goals. Uh many of us have probably heard of smart goals, goals which are specific, measurable, actionable, realistic and time-bound. And so when we create a goal that's specific, we are actually trying to hit a specific target. I will weigh 180 pounds. I will save $5,000. I will take my partner out for dinner twice a week. <laughs> twice a week. You can tell I'm single. Once a week. Specific goals. 
that are measurable. You'll be able to know if you hit it or not by the definition of the goal. You can clearly see it. And, and it's actionable. It's something you can actually do, right? There's steps you can actually take to make that happen. There's an action that's going to connect to the goal. And realistic. You know, I kind of laughed. Two nights out for dinner. And if you got no kids and you got a pile of money and you're not really busy, maybe you can do two nights out for dinner. Dinner out five nights a week? Eh, probably not realistic. If I save a million dollars? Eh, might not be realistic. Time bound. You have to set a time limit. I will weigh this much in three months. Right? I will save this much money in eight weeks. The, the date, the, the timeliness of it gives urgency, creates urgency, which is really important because if you have your whole life to create a goal and, and, and achieve it, there's no reason to rush. There's, there's no motivating factor behind the push. It's a perpetual sense of, I can do this tomorrow. Uh, runners who set a target date, I'm going to, you know, they sign up for a marathon six months out. Well, now you got to get ready because you've set the target and you've invested in the goal, especially when you have to pay money for a run, for example. So setting smart goals is a powerful way to make your goals real. Um, Another lens that we can look at goals is through uh, the Wheel of Life model. So the Wheel of Life model looks at your life in eight areas, family and friends, significant other, career, finances, health, home environment, fun and leisure, and personal growth. And again, each aspect of life is on a wheel. It's a slice of the pie. And and examining each of those aspects of your life to find where you're satisfied and where you're not um, gives you some areas that you can focus on, right? Because we know how to set a goal. We know how to make it smart. But where do we need to aim? Well, and that's an open question, right? Do you want to improve the areas of your life that are already going the best? Do you want to raise the bar in areas where you don't feel as successful and create a, a more level uh, wheel, right? a wheel that's smooth all the way around, doesn't have big gaps where there's one slice of pie where you're really not content family and friends, Um, you know, and you can split that into family and friends. How satisfied are you with your family life? Do you have healthy friendships? Do you spend time with the people that you love? Do you get out and do fun things with people? What is your level of satisfaction there? Your significant other, Um, you know, dating, marriage. Uh, If you have a significant other how satisfied are you with that aspect of your life or do you choose not to have a significant other and is that meeting your needs career um, and and career can look lots of ways for different people it, it, it could be work um, you could choose to look at it as volunteering um, if you're a parent that stays home and is raising kids like that's your career however you choose to look at that your vocation 
the things that I'm giving my time and energy to to earn a living or to create a sense of meaning in my life beyond my family. Finances, um, money, financial security. Do I have the things I want? Can I afford the things I have? Do I feel safe and secure in my savings? Your health, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual health. Am I taking care of myself? Do I like the way I look and feel? Do I feel grounded and in control of myself emotionally? Do I have an enriching spiritual life where I, I have a connection to something higher than myself? Those all tie together. My home environment, um, again, are you satisfied with where you're living and the opportunities you have to take care of the things that you own? Fun and leisure. Am I having the adventures I want to have? Am I able to read books? Am I able to do things that bring me satisfaction? personal growth? Am I learning? Am I developing myself? Have I continued to expand my knowledge on things that I find valuable and interesting? These are all areas of your life that you can examine. And you know, if you go around and you score these 1 to 10, 1 being completely unsatisfying, 10 completely satisfied, and you find areas where you're at a 2 or a 3, you can use the SMART goal method to, to come up with a target that helps you get to a 4 or a 5. You don't need to be 10s all the way around. You might not have time for that. But where are areas that you can create more meaning for yourself? Um, that's, that's really a powerful tool. The last tool I'll introduce you to and discuss um, is the, the rapid planning method. And this is something that Tony Robbins uses. For those of you who aren't familiar, Tony Robbins is um, personal growth, uh, you know, personal growth guru. He's been doing this work for 40 years. And he uses the rapid planning method, RPM, to create a result that's desired, a purpose behind the result, and a method for getting there. So the result, again, I will X by X. I will do this thing by this time. I will weigh X pounds by February 10th. Or I will save this much money by this date. That's the result. That's the target. And then we look at the purpose. This is our why. Tony Robbins and, and others who, who work on this aspect of life really focus on the why. Um, if you can find your why, you can endure any how. This is important because I want to be healthy. I want to be a role model for my children. I want to feel good about myself. I want to be able to be active until an old age. I want to prove to myself that I can accomplish a difficult goal. And you tap into your whys. I want to feel financially secure. I want to enjoy the finer things in life. I want to have a legacy, a financial legacy I can leave for my children. I want to live without fear of leaving the job that I'm in so I can move into something that's more satisfying. These are your purposes. These are your whys. And then your methods. I will do this by, you know, I will do this by exercising five days a week. I will do this by paying myself first out of my paycheck. Having four or five steps can really uh, be key because it's manageable. And it's something that you can accomplish. And you and you just rinse and repeat on those methods. It's the difference between being results-oriented and, and process-driven. 
right? We can't always um, hit a result. Some things do become beyond our control, but we can manage and control the steps we take each day to get there. And when we measure success by did I do the five things today that I set out to do, over time, the result is uh, the result is achieved. So tapping into the ability to create goals, focus on the reasons why you are creating the goals, and then taking the daily steps to ensure the outcome are all things that, that we can control as individuals. And I think that is part of the process for for getting where we want to get in life. So thank you for joining us today, uh, talking about boundaries and about setting goals. If you want help with either creating healthy boundaries or setting goals, um, something that I can support you with, and you can reach out to me directly by email at seedsoflightshamanic at gmail.com. You can visit our Facebook page, Seeds of Light Shamanic Arts, and you can check out our YouTube channel, uh, the Seeds of Light Shamanic Arts, with uh, guided meditations, positive affirmations, other tools to help you in your process. Uh, we're available to support you. And when you reach out, you let us know what you're working on, uh, what you want to have for an outcome, and we can kind of craft a way to work on that together. And as we go forward in the show, we'll talk more about shamanic tools uh, that can help you, processes you can learn to guide yourself, to be more heart-centered, to be more in alignment with your personal luminous energy field, and, and uh, how to set boundaries with others, how to cut cords with others, how to protect yourself so that others aren't tapping into your energy and draining you along the way. This has been the Season Light Shamanic Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. I want to thank you for your time. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, thank you, enjoy your week, and be well. Thank you.